0: It is 105 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stopper and Brendan Escott with you in the 6.30 Chad Studios. second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can text us 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors on the Ashley Fine Floors tax line. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. The River Cree Resort Casino Exciting and bet on it and hook up with our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show a guy who made regular 130 appearances on Oilers Now for about three and a half seasons, and then he got promoted from the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors to the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. We welcome back a man who's very popular with the fan base, Jay Woodcroft.
1: Hello, Jay. How you doing? Hi, Bob. Uh, I guess that uh, with that promotion, it means I got moved up on your show a half hour. Is that how it works that, That's what? right. And we can, uh, between
0: uh, dawn at uh, Jap-
1: Japanese Village. Japanese Village. Oh, we got, we got a little bit of feedback there, Jay, feedback there, Jay if you got a if us on speakerphone. Speaker okay, hold on a second here. How's that?
0: There we go. Yep. I think we're okay. Yes, there we're good. Uh, Between Dawn at Japanese Village and uh, Brendan at Roos Chris, we can hook you up as well for moving up that extra half-hour slot. So (laughs) there there you go. Hey, uh, I'm going to actually give the first question to John Shannon. I said, John, we have uh, Jay Woodcroft coming on the show today. Uh, What's one of the question marks or questions you would have? And and he said, how is the team going to replace – the understated leadership that Duncan Keith provided. So, Jay, the floor is yours on that one.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Duncan, his impact on our group I thought was profound and not so much uh, limited to just his play, um, but it, the things behind the scenes in the locker room, how he talked to um, younger players, how... He shared his experiences as we moved uh, along through the playoff run. Uh, he's going to be uh, very much missed uh, by everyone in our locker room. How are we going to replace it? Um, well, I think the team, um, you know, gained a lot of experience and individuals gained a lot of experience during that playoff run. Um, I think it's going to be uh, gained it or... Duncan's not being there will be helped uh, by the entire group. It'll be a collective thing. Uh, I think um, that all said, I think Duncan's going to be around the team and he'll he'll be around so people can um, gain the benefit of his his experiences. He can have numerous conversations with our younger players and all of our players for that matter um, and sh- continue to work that way with our Our people Um, but in terms of uh, replacing his leadership I don't know that you replace uh, Duncan Keith's leadership you just hope that the experience gained um, through our playoff run uh, will help some of our younger players uh, mature um, through the lessons learned um, by playing hockey deep into the month of June.
0: All right, so nothing's official yet from the orders on Duncan Keith, but you've sort of opened up a, a little bit of a window there. Obviously, something is imminent about him having some involvement and in staying with the organization. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think I think the plan, and you know, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I think the plan was just to give Duncan a little bit of breathing room, um, you know, after his his retirement uh and how emotional that ceremony was and right for him right. And, the, and the organization and i thought our organization did a phenomenal job of celebrating the career of someone of duncan's stature um but i think it was you know to give him a little bit of breathing room but you know i know that uh you know the door's open for him to to be around our team and and to have an impact in a different way and um he's someone uh you know as as much as he is a Hall of Fame player, uh, I think he's a Hall of Fame uh, person as well. And and as I said, his impact on our team, I felt, was profound.
0: Oilers head coach, Jay Woodcroft. Jay, you talked about emotional. Uh, the other day, the Oilers had an availability with yourself and Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman after the passing. Ben Stelter, who you know sort of found a way to, to galvanize uh, hockey fans in the battle for Alberta, in Edmonton and Calgary, and the L.A. Kings uh, uh, along the way. Calgary, and for that matter, Colorado is all uh, as well. All you know got behind and supported Ben. He really was a special part of this past year, wasn't he?
1: yeah um a true inspiration uh, a definition of what courage um actually is uh you know i said this i think in that media availability for me i'm i'm a, a father i have young kids and i get to see the impact that professional athletes have on young children, Uh, I thought with uh, Ben being around the Oilers and and his effect on our team, um, what was special for me was I got to see how a young child... Uh, affected these professional athletes and, and um, you know whether it was uh, coming in into the dressing room and, and talking with some of the fellas or taking pictures after the game or skating to the blue line as uh, the Scotiabank skater um, you know or you know joining uh, Zach Hyman on on the press, uh, press conference stage um, you know it, you could see a young person uh, that, as I said, he he truly defined what what courage was all about, and certainly he'll be sorely missed um, by our organization and certainly by the city. All right. We're
0: joined by Jay Woodcroft, Oilers head coach. Jay, since we last had you on, the organization announced that Mark Stewart was coming aboard to be an assistant. You've obviously, Dave Manson's a big part of you and Dave have spent, you know, the previous three and a half years in Bakersfield and this past half season in Edmonton. Glenn Galdson with lots of NHL head coaching and assistant coaching experience remains on the staff. What are you hoping, uh, you know, how does how does Mark Stewart kind of fit into the Oilers coaching staff?
1: Yeah, well, I thought, uh, first of all, I enjoy the process of bringing new people um, into the organization or onboarding them. I think the, uh, through that process, it makes me a better coach um, because I get to talk to a lot of really different people from different backgrounds um, and talk to a lot of really learned hockey people that uh, have different approaches to the game. So, uh, you know, I can't hire them all, um, but I learn a lot in the process um, of how different teams are approaching things, uh, different types of player development situations that pop up in different areas and just how people approach it. I, I look at that process of onboarding someone as an opportunity to learn. And what I learned during the process of hiring Mark uh, was uh, the, the more I went through the process and the deeper I went with different uh, coaches that wanted the job, uh, I have really felt that I found a profile of what I was looking for. Um, and for me, I thought, uh, if you look at the complexion of our staff as it is, But one thing I wanted to add was uh, another former NHL hockey player Um, and someone not too far um, removed from playing at the highest level, someone who spoke the language of today's player, someone who could relate to the pressures that today's player goes through, Um, but not someone just... You know, immediately retired from the game, but someone who's put their time in and, and worked, um, you know, in the coaching profession and is willing uh, or was willing to pay their dues. Uh, I found in Mark uh, someone who had a very um, good perspective on the game. He was a first round draft pick. Um, you know, he's he played in different cities and different organizations. Uh, honest as the day is long, hardworking, uh, very intelligent. And as I said to me, he fit that profile of of what I was looking for uh, to round out the complexion of our staff. Speaking
0: of rounding things out, uh, there's still some work to. We had Ken Holland Jay on the show a week ago Monday, and the the team doesn't have to technically be cap compliant until October 12th. We have some fan. Well, they got to make a trade so they can sign a couple more guys. Are you still, you know, and I know you're taking care of some, some personal business and getting, you know, the, the family set up here permanently, uh, but are you still sort of keeping an eye on what might potentially be out there in terms of maybe support and depth pieces for this hockey club right now?
1: Yeah um i think uh, those conversations are ongoing uh amongst the management group of which i'm you know, they, you know i'm privy to and and have uh, had good conversations obviously with ken and with keith and and brad holland and um you know those those conversations are out there i think there's this is the quiet season um, when it comes to the hockey year. I think things kind of pick up towards the end of August, uh, beginning of September as teams are, are um, putting together the final uh, touches on their training camps and who, who's coming and, and whatnot. And I think there might be some uh, movement around the NHL late August or early September. But um, I think that's what you do. You, you, you make sure that you're continuing to peck away at your projects. Um, You understand uh, who's available. And yeah, you're in constant conversations about ways to improve your team. And uh, I think uh, Ken Holland does a really good job of setting that tone. And um, yeah, you know, the one thing I I know, and he said it on your program, but he also says it um, to everybody, is that you know we're we're probably a month away from rookie camp beginning, five weeks away from NHL training camp beginning, and almost seven weeks uh, from opening puck drop uh, of the, the new season. So uh, he's a patient man, and uh, I know he's doing his homework. So um, yeah, that's where we're
0: at. Alright, so yourself and Dave Manson worked a lot with some of the Oeders younger defensemen. Of course, uh, you know Ken said last Monday that Philip Roberg would almost have to play his way off the team, just given the Duncan Keith retirement, where we're at. Uh Samarukov is on a one-year deal. You've got Nima Linen and DeHarnay. Uh, players that you have a fair amount of experience with, trying to work their way up to the NHL. Um, I don't. Is is it fair to say maybe not quite the same uh, players in terms of their cycle taking that next step uh, in the minors to the NHL with with some of the farm prospects at forward as opposed to defense? Is that an overstatement, or do you think that's fair?
1: No, I think that's fair. I think uh, everybody's excited about. Um, you know, the opportunity for these young D men and the work that they've put in, um, to put themselves in, in position to be in that conversation. I think all of them represent different uh, skill sets, uh, represent different ingredients. Um, you know, I think where they're at, like you said, where they're at in their personal cycle, how many years have been invested in them since their draft year and everything like that. They might be a little bit farther along than some forwards are, um, but that's okay. That's that's what happens in the natural course of events in an NHL organization. Um, but I can tell you that everybody's excited about, um, watching these you know, younger, not, they're not fresh-faced anymore, but these younger guys uh, try and battle it out for an NHL opportunity.
0: You played Cody Cece a lot with Darnell Nurse. You had Keith with Bouchard. And I, I thought Barry's best hockey of the year was uh, played with Brett Gulak. How many times have you discussed with Dave Manson maybe how your top six, if everybody's healthy, would uh, look to start the season?
1: Yeah, we, we, we've talked about it a lot. Um, we think there's a lot of really good options there. Um, you know, I think we talked earlier in the interview about, you know, Duncan uh, retiring. And so that opens up opportunity. That opens up playing time. Um, how it shakes out. I think those things are decided in training camp. I think the training camp is the time of year to maybe experiment a little bit and see who fits with who. Um, we've always maintained that you know, we might have a starting point on something, but we want to make sure that we're light on our feet, that we're using our eyes, and that we give um, situations enough time to develop, that we have patience um, to let things play themselves out. But ultimately, uh, in the end, I think the players through their play uh, show, um, show you uh, what the best combinations are. And it's our job to make sure that we're paying attention.
0: We're joined by Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. He's our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhock beef jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. All right, Jay, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Would you hesitate at all putting two relatively inexperienced defensemen, both first-round picks for the team, Philip Broberg, together with Evan Bouchard, because that would enable you to keep the other two pairings as was throughout the course of the playoffs? Or would you think maybe you wouldn't want to have, maybe you want to have Broberg with more of a more experienced
1: option? Yeah, I, I think those conversations are still to be had and worked through um, heading into training camp. Uh, I, I would be remiss to uh, pigeonhole anybody or, um, you know, limit anybody's opportunity to move up the lineup or whatnot. Um, I think, You asked the question of would I hesitate? I know both of those players. I've seen them at at the American League level and the National Hockey League level. Uh, Dave Manson has seen them. We're quite aware of what their strengths and capabilities are. Um, We're going to try and work that through in training camp and ultimately put players in the best positions they can to have success, not only personally, but for us to have team success. I think that stuff plays itself out. There might be times uh, where we experiment with a pairing that looks like that, We'll see. We'll okay. let it play out in training
0: camp. Well, we're going to play the same game at forward, but it might be an easier answer for <laughs> you. Okay, I might. I, you might actually be able to give me. A, uh, you're you're being very uh, very deaf, but you could be a politician <laughs> on this. Uh, and, and that's you know Ryan McLeod uh, spent some time in a perfect world. Is it in a perfect world? Is it fair to say you'd have Connor and Leon is uh, you know each centering the line in a perfect world? Is that fair?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think so, and, and you're going to ask me about Ryan, uh, the both Ryans, I would imagine. Yes. Um, and and for me, what what Ryan McLeod displayed uh, down the stretch and into the playoffs is that he was capable of handling more. Uh, he showed that, and we utilized him in different fashions. Um, whether he lined up as a fourth-line center and ended up playing some shifts on the wing or he garnered more ice time on the penalty kill or the power play, he forced our hand to give him more because he showed an ability to handle that. Um, you know, I think when you have the quality of centerman that we have, you mentioned Connor and Leon, um, but also with Ryan Eugene Hopkins is a is a very good center. Uh, Ryan McLeod's a very good center. I think what that does is that allows you a way to move pieces around the chessboard to make sure people are getting enough. Uh, sometimes that might mean players play you know uh, their second position rather than their first position, but I you know I believe that good players want to play with good players and they have the ability to make it work I also believe that centermen have that ability that where they can play anywhere and um, you know those are two good options for us to go into that that third center um, position so to speak behind Connor and Leon Um, but I think it's a real strength of our team when you have the Um, the ability to move those chess pieces around. And I I think um, both Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Ryan McLeod are are versatile enough uh, that they could play anywhere in the lineup.
0: Jared has texted us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. He goes, speaking of dry settle, uh, Jay, because we know you're in contact with these guys, uh, are are both uh, dry settle and Darnell expected to be uh, 100% for training camp?
1: Um. You know what? I I had uh, breakfast with Darnell Nurse in Toronto um, last week. He seemed to be in good spirits. He had just uh, come through um, get, get getting, know, married, getting married. Yeah, getting married, and uh, he's working hard up in Aurora with the Gary Roberts group. Um, he's skating. Uh, he's progressing. I don't. I didn't ask him if he's ninety five percent or a hundred percent, but I think he feels good uh, in where he's at in heading. Into uh, our NHL training camp in five weeks. Uh, that's the impression that I got. I believe that Leon is uh, heal, healing uh, along the same lines that he's he's progressing. He's you know those those guys are workaholics in the yeah. gym, and uh, they're both on the ice. So I, I would expect to have both of them uh, fully healthy for the start of training camp. That's my expectation.
0: And a final curveball for you, Jay. Sure. Uh, Look, you were prepared for this. You you touched all the bases on your way up. Uh, You have an appreciation for support roles. You brought in a second video coach as an example and that sort of thing. Was there anything that surprised you when you transitioned from American Hockey League head coach to NHL head coach? Anything about the experience that uh maybe underestimate, and, and again we you're you're not an arrogant cocky guy we know that you're prepared for it but the, was there anything that, that, that sort of you know oh, i didn't realize it was quite like this along the way
1: um that's a good, that is a good curveball bob I uh, wasn't expecting that question but that's uh, uh a fair question i would say for me I knew I'd been around the NHL long enough, over a thousand games and various jobs, and I knew what the pace of the schedule was. Um, but I think last year it was unique yep. based on all of the COVID um, rescheduled games. And if you remember, I think when you know we came up it was around February tenth there was like five games and seven nights, seven games and nine nights, and it was you were touching every part of the continent yep. so for me, it wasn't as much you know I was surprised by something, but the the pace of what we had uh, before us in terms of our challenge was was very challenging. Um, The no practice because of all the COVID rescheduled games made it a a real um, tough task uh, to implement stuff. I thought there's things uh, that I learned along the way about our team and how they respond to certain types of stimulus. Um, So I'm not so much surprised as I was, um, you know, put into a situation where I was experiencing something new. I that was also the first time that I've been put in a situation, uh, to come in halfway through something, right? So, um, you know, there was a lot of thought into decisions that were made. Some decisions were, were turned out to be right, some decisions um you know you want to have back uh but that's the way it goes and you learn from it and uh i know that that experience last year i'm very thankful for um but i've also spent a lot good part of the summer uh thinking and reflecting and and trying to learn the lessons from that experience to make us better as we head into a new season
0: jay appreciate the time thanks for catching up with us and we'll touch base in a few weeks
1: Thanks, Bob. Have a great day.
0: You bet. That is Jay Woodcroft. He is the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Our friends at Brent Ridge Ford want you to know they're currently stocked with pre-owned Jeeps, Honda CRV, Toyota RAV4, Hyundai Santa Fe, and options from Chevy, GMC, and Buick. Of course... At Brentridge Ford, they boast a selection of quality Ford products for sale. Brentridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. You can reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the Gang, 1-877-477-3673. And remember, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. 128 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, the president and CEO of the American Hockey League, he's the former two-time assistant general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. He was GM in Columbus as well. Scott Housen, when we return in Oilers now.